Hey all you out there in podcast land, welcome to Stream Police, the podcast where we tell you what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly on Netflix. I'm John Otney, joining me is Michael Seventy. How you doing, Michael? Doing alright. Also joining us for today's episode is a very special guest. He's the senior editor of BiolyPlease.com, as well as the host of the podcast Top 10 Thursdays. A man that has been and always shall be my friend, Mr. Sean Lemmy. How are you, Sean? Uh, I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm honored to be here, and uh, I'm ready to... Uh protect and serve the uh the netflix community (laughs) (laughs) great our topic this week is inspired by the announcement that there is supposedly a new power rangers movie coming out in a few years thanks to lionsgate uh before i get into more specifically what we're talking about what do you guys think of that announcement like a power rangers movie in this day and age does that appeal to either of you i'll start with you sean does that sound appealing i guess yes but I, I don't know. It de- I mean, the people who are making it are the people who've done, like, the Star Trek movies and mm-hmm. X-Men First Class. So I guess they're going to be making something for a, an older audience, a PG-13 audience, possibly. I mean, I, I, it can't be PG, right? <laughs> not, not Lionsgate. Like, I wouldn't think so. So, I guess that's intriguing. Um, I'm not sure what the concept would, would be that, that makes it interesting in, in the age of constant superhero movies and sci-fi masterpieces just coming out every week, uh, like Edge of Tomorrow. Have you guys seen that yet? It's real good. Um, but I, I'm interested to see how it goes, uh, as long as you know Michael Bay stays out of it, I'm sure <laughs> be somehow i'm surprised i mean his name's not attached to any of this uh what about you michael would you have any anything you'd like to throw in on the subject of power rangers the new movie i mean i think i'll probably see it (laughs) i mean just out of the bizarre novelty that it exists i suppose yeah i mean i guess i don't even think it's nostalgia necessarily just the fact that this uh such a weird concept uh became such a successful show that you know 20 years later or whatever there's now a it it earns its own reboot (laughs) by these like big hollywood screenwriters i don't know it's just something that i need to see to believe i mean yeah maybe they'll make it real gritty maybe it'll be really badass no I want to people getting shot and killed it won't just be sparks when people get hit (laughs) just blood coming out of the suits Okay, so that leads us to the subject in question here. I mean, because of Power Rangers is uh, tokusatsu shows, if I'm saying that correctly, and if Wikipedia is not mistaken. Um, I believe that translates to something called special filming, also meaning special effects entertainment. Examples include, like Power Rangers, Ultraman. Uh, sometimes you see Godzilla's thrown in there, kaiju movies, I guess just because they have sparks and costumes and effects. Um, and if you don't remember or you weren't there, in the 90s there was this weird trend of dicing up these Japanese tokusatsu shows and then repackaging them as American shows. Power Rangers was the trailblazer of the trend, but there's a lot of others in its wake. Uh, there's also VR Troopers, Big Battle Beetleborgs, Superhuman Cyber Samurai Squad, um, and Mast Rider. We're just going to be talking about the first three that I mentioned in this week's segment called The Lineup.
In the lineup, we will analyze these three programs, all available on Netflix, in a compare-contrast format. And at the end, I, I guess we can pick a winner. Uh, <laughs> our only prerequisite was to watch the pilot episode of each program, but it was encouraged to check out other episodes You know, if we wanted to, if we had the time. Um, I, th- I think it would be a good idea if we just kind of went in chronological order. So we'd start with Power Rangers, and we just kind of briefly talk about what it's about, maybe the plot of the first episode, and some other weird observations. And then we'll just try to transition into each show uh, best we can. Uh, but before we dive into Power Rangers, I thought it might be interesting to address um, wh- what do you think was a- appealing about the Power Rangers? Like, initially, like, Michael, I'll start with you. Like, what drew you to the, the Power Rangers? Like, what was the appeal? Well, you know, I'm, I think as a kid, the combination of uh, robots and dinosaurs and fighting, uh, <laughs> it, it basically, I mean, it's catering <laughs> to everything that we're supposed to find cool. And uh, I mean, it, Power Rangers, it, it was everywhere. Uh, it, I think that, you know, this uh, corporate entity there's like a thousand different pieces of merchandise it was like lunch boxes and action figures and clothes it just I, there's a part of me that just thinks like i liked it because i was supposed to like it because i don't know what is a five-year-old really gonna have like a dissenting opinion about what he's <laughs> about what's being crammed into his head but on the other hand i don't know i just i i can kind of see the appeal for uh, you know the youngins it's robots and dinosaurs you know and what what about you sean I, I think michael has an interesting point there's a certain level of like constant escalation to the power rangers where it's like okay first mm. of all you're an awesome martial artist then we're going to give you this suit that gives you superpowers then that comes with like a weapon and a gun and you can use that <laughs> and then you can summon a giant a robot dinosaur and if that's not enough, all the giant robot dinosaurs merge together into a giant <laughs> robot. And then and if that robot can't win the fight, you can summon a giant sword for the giant robot, uh, uh, which should get the job done at that point. And it actually <laughs> it escalates further than that. But that's that's as far as the 20-minute pilot was able to take us. <laughs> um, and I think another part of it that's, that's appealing uh, to a kid, you know, when you're a kid, you don't want to wait for anything. You don't want to work for anything. And in Power Rangers, it's very much just like, have this. Like, they don't train to become superheroes. They just get the morphers and they instantly transform. They, you know, as soon as they need the Megazord, it just basically drops from the heavens for them. It's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's like, okay, you can just have all this awesome stuff. It's, it, maybe it's super American in that way that, um, you know, we're very have this consumer society, and and he's like, well, just buy all the sweet stuff, and you can win all the sweet battles. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely agree. Mm. And I mean, yeah, the show was just like, it was like a big toy commercial. You know, I, I liked all the matching outfits and all the accessories and all the accessories <laughs> on the show. It just it it fit, it feels so appropriate to the '90s. Like I feel like that's when the you know the economy's doing great. You know, it just it just made so much sense for that time. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. let's talk about the show. Let's jump into Power Rangers, the first episode. I don't remember the name of the pilot episode off the top of my head. I think it was Day something of the like Dumpster. Day, Day of, of the, the Dumpster. Dumpster. Exactly. All 
right, so I'll do a little bit of the plot, and then we'll just kind of go off on tangents or what other observations we found interesting. So it opens on a, a planet? A, a moon? Okay, so <laughs> you can, I, I believe there's a shot that clearly shows the moon and Earth. Yeah. So it's like super planet. close to it. <laughs> okay, so it begins on some weird planet or something. There's two astronauts walking around, and then they find this kind of metal, kind of gold canister with like a shiny jewel on it and they go oh look at this it's a space dumpster <laughs> oh because everyone knows what that looks like that's very identifiable mm-hmm. and so they open it and then rita repulsa and her monster goons uh, arise i guess they've been sealed there for i think it was ten thousand years i believe that's established in the opening of every episode mm-hmm. and the first thing they do when they are released is Oh, for, you know, my coming out party, I have to destroy the nearest planet. And I, I guess they're just evil. They just, I mean, that's, they're in the space dump in the first place. So they're bad guys. So they want to do bad stuff. Um, I'm not really sure what they get out of it. And I also find it kind of interesting that two astronauts just basically uncovered, like, alien life. And then they don't, like, report it to the government or anything. They just get scared and run away. And you never hear anything else about it. Mm. But, you know, as a kid, that works. It's a, it's a it's a suitable opening. It's kind of fun. I mean, as an adult, the first things I know is so yeah, I don't know where they are, and the dubbing's really bad. But okay, I'm on board. They got to destroy Earth. All right, so then we move ahead, and we're at the Angel Grove Gym, or, or is it? Or is that the name of the town? Angel Grove. California. Angel Grove is the town, but I, okay. uh, it's not just a gym, John. It's, it's a, a juice bar. gym and juice bar <laughs> where kids do karate. <laughs> it's yeah. Like you guys didn't have that in your town? <laughs> everybody hangs out and does karate, uh, particularly Jason. He has a karate class, and then there's also Zach and Kimberly and Trini and Billy the Nerd. And then for some reason, we have the introduction of these characters, Bulk and Skull, these two bullies that kind of wear punk rock gear and, like, pick on karate students. Like... <laughs> Like it's it's one of these weird things where it's like I feel like the nerds are picking on the cool kids, but I don't know. Uh, watching that as an adult, like that that's my favorite part of the show is those characters, is Vulcan Skull, and like how they like want to challenge them for some reason. Like they, mm-hmm. they, I remember there's a point where they're like they're kind of picking on Trini and Kimberly, and then they're like, "Well, we want to fight," and they're gonna, like they're gonna like tackle them, but they like get out of the way. But it's like they were just gonna attack women because. Because this is what they do. And even though they're like these bullies, they also like want to be in Jason's karate class. Because they want to learn to beat people up. Yeah. We want to learn how to beat up your friends. Why won't you teach us karate? Why won't you teach Jackie Gleason and Sid Vicious how to fight? So we've been... I feel like, oh, what's his name? Skull kind of looks like a member of the Clash, too. <laughs> he's very much got that. Like, I've seen other episodes where he's wearing, like, military berets and stuff. Like, I don't know. Those guys are my, my, my favorite characters. Where, as the rest of the Power Rangers, right off the bat, I mean, Jason is basically just Steven Seagal. Like, he sucks. <laughs> I, I mean, Billy was my favorite as a kid, so I kind of like too. him because yeah. he's not so much of a jerk. And Kimberly's this weird valley girl. And then... Zach is just yeah. a generic black guy, and Trini is no, just bland. She is a blank slate. I, they, I don't, I didn't, I didn't remember this, but watching the pilot again, they really play up the Valley Girl thing with Kim. They really play up the, you know, uh, Zach dances a lot. Like it, it's really like turned up to eleven every possible like cliche. 
So how do you guys feel at this point with these characters? Like, were you enjoying this? Like, uh, just any initial reactions here? I think just early on, I realized you cannot zone out at all with this show. You have to be paying attention <laughs> to every goddamn word because, I mean, obviously the actions aren't always lined up with uh, with what is going on in the plot because they're using footage from a, a different show about something else. Um, but they are just willing to th- throw in any any sort of motivation for a character or, or plot point kind of, kind of randomly and and in in a in a quickly spoken sentence. Like Rita Repulsa's whole story is done in like thirty seconds, and, yeah. and if you're not paying attention, you, you've missed it. Um, and you know each of the Power Rangers basically gets like one moment to show you what kind of person they're going to be. Uh, you know they they delve into it a little more. Like Zach in his first fight scene, he like does some dance moves and then like plays. Like, There's some... like hip hop music. Yeah, well, oh, I, I would hesitate to call it hip hop music. It's like uh... <laughs> it gets cool though. The music changes. <laughs> Something's going on there. Okay, so yeah, we're introduced to all these characters very quickly, and a a lot of information is thrown at us. And then it only escalates, um, because not long after this, we're introduced to Zordon, who's uh, like a hologram person. He's an extraterrestrial, uh, uh, extra-dimensional being. He's, Mm -hmm. uh, in in some of the later episodes that I watched, they they talk about the fact that, uh, like, he is in another dimension... And they've, they've, like, with technology, are, are able to communicate with him. Um, but, you know, that can get disrupted. And he gets out of touch with them. Yeah. And for some reason, Zordon is on Earth, I guess. They're on Earth, right? Yeah, they're just there. Yeah. They're, like, not that far outside of town. They're on some yeah. alien base. They, they walk back to town at some point. They're on some we For no reason. We don't know why Zordon's here. Or really what he's doing. I mean, like, once Rita's awakened, you know, he's like, oh, no, this is a terrible thing. Like, you know, we need five teenagers with attitude. But, like, what was he doing before she was awoken? Does he just mo- – maybe he just monitors, like, the earth. Why does hmm. he need teenagers with attitude? Yeah, I think if – first of all, choosing teenagers, that's strike one, I think, a bad idea. But – if you're gonna have teenagers, at least you know good pers- good natured people, not with attitudes. Sort well, of. <laughs> I mean, what's weird about that too is he says I need he needs like five teenagers with attitudes, but really what that means is like four teenagers with attitudes, and then whoever's within close proximity. Because Billy isn't a teenager with attitude; he's a dork. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically I just need five teenagers who are all standing next to here, next to each other <laughs> and kind of need to know like karate. With colors, coordinated outfits, and calculatedly multi-racial makeup here so that we can have <laughs> all four quadrants of our core demographic for the show. Maybe Zordon has something where he has to put together like a diverse team, like it's in some order, like maybe he's part of some organization. No, I think it's for the from the Fox Kids uh, <laughs> marketing or whoever, whoever was in charge. That's of who it. he takes his orders from. So he, <laughs> he just kind of like teleports them to his place that is I guess in the California Valley and he tells them all about uh, Rita and that they can become Power Rangers. I I seem to recall him specifically saying that he's going to give them the power of the dinosaurs. Yeah, that's what I remember too. But then he's Uh like, oh, also Mastodon and Sabretooth Tiger. 
So he doesn't even like do a very good job of explaining what he's doing for them. And he gives them the little communicator things that transform them. I also remember Kimberly having like a really painfully bad line about like, this isn't exactly the mall. Mm, I don't know yeah. why I wrote that down. For some reason, that line really stood out to me and I had to like take a note of it. And it's also at this point that I noticed anything in the show that isn't like Japanese made is like so cheap. Like the uh, the command center didn't look like half as good as I remembered. Like you can literally see some Christmas lights like in the back. <laughs> and like I noticed Alpha's neck is like a sack. And then I don't know what's going on with Zordon. Like he just looks like the shittiest thing ever. Okay, so he tells the Power Rangers about all this cool stuff. They can have all these powers. And if I recall, they're not interested. They don't want it. No. They're like, fuck this shit, and they leave. It's weird. They just walk they, they got teleported during an earthquake to this fortress. They're given these morphers. I believe that's the term they use to describe them, right? Morphers? Morphers. Yeah. And uh, they're like, fuck this shit. And they walk out of the building as if they know where they are or how to get back <laughs> to where they started. They don't even know that they're still on Earth. They were teleported. Well, it's uh, refusing the call, as uh, in Joseph Campbell <laughs> terminology, you know. Now, I can't remember. Were they attacked by putties right after they left, or was that yeah, a little bit late? Like, right outside. All right, so they, yeah. they leave, and then Reader Pulsa has this guy that makes monsters out of clay. I thought that was a cool concept. He makes these things out of clay, mm. and then they're like, I guess through the power of magic, they become life-size, <laughs> and yeah. they send them down. He puts down. them in an oven, and they get shot out of tube. Yeah. What's the, what doesn't make sense to you? Okay. It's just future science. Yeah. And they get sent down, they fight them, and the Power Rangers are like kind of good, but they like get their asses handed to them. I seem to recall them all getting th- thrown into a very organized pile. And like, well, we gotta use our morphers if we want to defeat these things. And then they do it, but then they're like immediately teleported <laughs> to like some far off location. Yeah, they transform. It's not explained what's changed except for the fact that they're wearing helmets and, and like, skin-tight clothes now. Um, and they get teleported back to the city where Goldar is, and also putties are there. So I guess maybe the other putties just, like, follow them somehow. Or there are putties outside of Zordon's base that are just chilling and waiting. They, it's like they didn't have a scene of them fighting those putties and beating them as Power Rangers. So like, okay, well, let's just take them somewhere else entirely. And then in like one sentence, we're going to say, oh yeah, and Goldar, uh, he's now down here for some reason. It's like they already sent out the putties and they did a pretty good job of beating them. Why, and why didn't they send Goldar to where the Power Rangers were? And this actually, this reminds me of something I thought was really interesting about Power Rangers, which is that even though they have, you know, supposedly secret identities... Uh, Rita knows exactly who all of they are, and and Zordon basically knows what Rita's up to. Like, there's no actual secrecy between the two sides. It's just they themselves are keeping it secret from the public at large somehow. Um, so you're gonna see in later episodes that Rita is just like, I'm gonna go fuck up Jason's life today, or I'm gonna go, like, make it so that the the guy that Kimberly has a crush on is a total jerk to him. So, back to the Goldar fight. Uh, they make Goldar really big. How do they make them big? I already forgot. She throws her magic wand down, or I guess yeah. it's a staff, and it, it uh, causes a landslide, and then for whatever reason, <laughs> the uh, the monster gets gigantic. Well, she yells, like, make my monster grow. <laughs> and and it's the same shot every time, no matter who the monster is. <laughs> she yells it to her god. And then the Power Rangers have to call on their Megazords, which are always, like, really, really far away. 
Yeah, but that's that part is sweet. I think that part is pretty good. That's I'll, I'll put that under the pros. Uh, There's like a really cool red filter uh, that over the T Rex sword coming out of like a volcano or something. It, it looks like I don't know. Right, reminds me of that first Lars von Trier movie where it's all like yellow. Yeah, put it. It's red. T Rex coming out. It was cool. That's that's what they're going for. And then I love how they <laughs> they just automatically all know how to like do everything in these like giant robots. I mean, yeah. I guess we don't know how complicated they are, but they just all kind of jump to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, one, doesn't one of them say like, "Oh, it's like second nature." <laughs> like I already know how to control this thing. I love that this show can do stuff like that. You could say one line to explain something that is like <laughs> such a huge leap in logic. Yeah, like the astronaut saying, "Oh, it's supposed to be a space dumpster." <laughs> like, I yeah, mean, I or even the line when they're being teleported to the Goldar fight, like, "Oh, we're being teleported again." Just like they have to have those lines, or like, I'm, or literally, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah, and yeah. they fight Goldar. And does the setting change again, or is it this is actually a city? Because sometimes I remember on Power Rangers, you like they'd be fighting, and then they'd just be in some huge empty field. It definitely ends in a big empty field. I don't. I feel like they started in a city. They started in a city, and I don't know whether they're fighting him. And I don't remember if they tried to fight him individually in their Zords, or if they just no, went. No, they did not. They no. get teleported. They uh, almost fight. And then you get to watch like two minutes of them jumping into machines and the machines jumping into each other and the, also the machines jumping out of the earth. Like Voltron. Uh, which is sweet because they got that great Power Rangers score going. I love yeah. there's the part where they all jump into their individual machines and it cuts down to just the drums and it's like... And they're doing their... Whenever they talk, they have to gesture. And they like with their hands. Like, every time they're cutting through the air, they're moving so quickly. And if I recall, they start just kind of punching, punching Goldar. I mean, I guess they don't really know what the robot, the Megazord can do, so they just kind of go with it. Even though Goldar himself has a sword. But then eventually they get a sword, too. And then I feel like the battle ends really abruptly. Mm-hmm. Um, Goldar just kind of leaves. Like, he doesn't, like, even fight to the death. He's just like, oh, this is too scary. I don't know why Rita didn't send down more. Like, why didn't she make the putties big? I mean, maybe yeah. she can only make, like, one thing big, like, per battle. Yeah, I mean, even as a kid, I, I remember thinking that if they know who these people are and you can make the monster big, just start out strong and just stomp them, you know? When they least I did expected. like um, that Zordon at least said uh, there are rules to being a Power Ranger, and one of them is you can't escalate a battle. So that's the reason why they don't just start every battle in the Zord. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's more like an excuse. <laughs> yeah, there is yeah. that one. Uh, don't, never escalate the battle. Never reveal your secret identity, even though like a bunch of people already know who you are. And I think never use your power for personal gain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they can't become like famous. <laughs> They're really ill-defined power. Yeah. Um, but they defeat Goldar, and they're all about being Power Rangers, I guess. And that's as far as I went. Uh, I only watched the first episode. Now, Sean, you, you watched a couple others. Uh, was there any other interesting things you noticed as you kind of went through the show? Well, yeah, I wanted to watch the introductory arc of the Green Ranger because, I mean, when you think Power Rangers, you basically think Jason David Frank. The man was <laughs> stuck in that series longer than anyone else. Uh-huh. Um... And so his is like a five-part, five-part, yeah, five-five-part story called Green with Evil, uh, in which for whatever reason Rita Repulsa has a 
the sixth morphing coin, which has never been addressed before in the series. Um, and she's like, well, I need someone who's worthy. And it just so happens there's having a martial arts tournament in their gym and juice bar. Uh, where this new the new kid in town, Tommy, and Jason fight in the in the final match, and they fight to a draw. And uh, immediately Kimberly's like, "I'm I'm into this guy. I'm gonna try to date him." <laughs> um, but like right after the tournament, he's like walking home, and he has to fight a bunch of putties because they attack him, and then he gets teleported and brainwashed and turned into the Green Ranger. Um, and the story is uh, well, I guess. You know, it's, it's it's their their first big trial, I guess, because the Green Ranger is able to get into Zordon's base because he has a morphing coin, which I guess is why the putties wouldn't just go into the base after the, the Rangers teleported away in the first episode. Oh so, yeah. Um, and he he wrecks it so that uh, the connection to Zordon's dimension is lost, and he puts a a CD in <laughs> Alpha Five's back so that he breaks. Uh, I guess there's like a virus on it. <laughs> Um, so the Power Rangers have to, you know, over the course of these five episodes, restore everything. So it's basically just Billy working on things. And it was like, come on, hurry up, Billy. (laughs) Everybody's such an asshole to Billy. He's holding the Um, team together. So these, this, these were, uh, the 17th through 21st episodes of the show. And in that time, um, the Power Rangers had got themselves a flying car, Mm. uh, which they use heavily. And it looks just so bad, you guys. <laughs> it, um, they do this effect where it drives like into the base. That is like, like you could do the same effect in Windows Movie Maker. It is the cheapest looking thing <laughs> I've ever seen. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I did not remember this flying car. <laughs> this is pretty funny though. It's got like a bunch of weird, like, pots on it or something. (laughs) I don't don't know the logic behind it. I did like having the Green Ranger as a villain. He was, uh, he was much more compelling than, uh, Goldar is. Uh, although Goldar does get a pretty sweet moment, uh, when they, they take Jason's morpher away and they transport him into this space prison. And then Goldar's there, and then for like a whole episode, he's just trying to kill Jason, and Jason can't fight back because he doesn't have his costume. Oh. Uh, and it's pretty, it's like pretty intense. You're like, oh my god, is Jason gonna die? But no, <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's fine actually. Mm. Um, but then the Green Ranger like joins the team, and it's boring after that. So I left. I, mean, I remember a lot of people really liking the Green Ranger um, in that first run. Uh, like character type, like like is he like totally arrogant or like a jerk, or is he basically just a Jason clone but like a little more cool? Um, that's like that's who he really is. He's just like okay. a really great guy, but he gets to be this arrogant jackass for you yeah. know, four is he, episodes. Is he like that even when he's not like a Power Ranger? Like he's act, just walking around. Yeah, acting oh like yeah. An asshole? There's there's one scene that I really remembered somehow of, um. He's like working out in the gym part of the gym, and Kimberly's like, "What's your problem, man?" He's like, "Why don't you just leave me alone?" It's a pretty weak scene, but for whatever reason, it's really stuck out in my memory. It's like, holy shit, things are going down. Yeah, I, um, I will say for Jason David Frank, like of of that lot, he's probably the most charismatic actor, like compared to Jason, uh, that guy. Yeah, I mean, Jason's pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty wooden, but Tommy, yeah, Tommy, yeah, is... but 
<laughs> you know, he's like supposed to be a huge asshole, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, no, uh, he he really tormented David Yost. Yeah, like, he's really bad on him. Oh gosh. Yeah, I didn't read like into the behind the scenes too much, but I've heard things. Yeah, apparently that like was it like uh, homophobic stuff? Because David Yost, Yost was uh, he was gay, and I, I've heard yeah. that he had problems on during the production of the show. Like he got picked on for from people. I didn't I didn't know. It was, yeah, Jason David Frank was part of that. Yeah, yeah, I think he's one of the, the one of the ringleaders. Yeah, yikes! I, and I, I know that like, I, I've been doing some, re- <laughs> some research in the Power Rangers fan community. Uh, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, apparently that like the diehard fans of the Power Rangers franchise, they they all kind of think that he's like a dick. <laughs> like I, I would expect them to like worship this guy because he's mm-hmm. like the this he's like still on Power Rangers sometimes. I guess yeah, he like, still embraces it. Yeah, and he he was like on a season in like two thousand five or something, so like he's still like it's, it, like it's a big part of his identity, I guess. But he's like, I don't know. Apparently, like a bunch of fans like just make fun of him on the message boards and stuff. And I don't know. He he's like when the Lionsgate announced the movie, he went on this weird uh, thing about how he's been trying to get a movie made for for years. <laughs> Like anybody wants to see like this washed up guy, you know, lead a movie. I I don't know. It's just interesting to see the fans' reception of him at this point. Got a lot of controversy in the Power Rangers fan community. Now I'd be curious what other kind of stuff goes on in those forums. Like, is there anything else interesting you found (laughs) looking through all that stuff? You know, the most interesting thing to me is that, like, when I first saw Power Rangers message board, I just, I, I was bracing myself for, I don't know, just for some sort of weirdness. But <laughs> in general, like, I think a lot of them that I've seen kind of have a sense of humor about, <laughs> I don't, like, they get it. They know, <laughs> they know that they're into Power Rangers and they're posting about it, you know. And from what I can tell, they all kind of, not all of them, but. Uh, from what I've read, a bunch of them just sort of see the Mighty Morphin years as like really cheesy but kind of fun. But then they're like, "Oh, but it gets really good. Like the writing is good. <laughs> like when when they go to space, Power Rangers in space. That's when it really starts to pick up." And I I kind of want to check it out honestly, just because it's like these guys aren't as uh, as weird as I thought they'd be, and they seem to all you know but at the same time they also like i heard that they all feel like the turbo movie the turbo movie got it right the power rangers original movie they didn't and i remember the turbo movie that was a piece of shit i, I have no <laughs> idea so i don't know maybe it's it's fascinating that's for sure yeah i mean turbo that's where i dropped off that's where i was just calling it like quits yeah. once you have like a little kid that become can become a full-size person yeah like that was too much for me and yet i did well, watch but the they, um, box. On the original team, they have a woman who turns into a man. That doesn't bother you? I mean, you never knew that as a kid. I mean, as a kid, you didn't even know that it was Japanese footage. Like, you, you could look past the fact that, wait, they're in a totally different place for absolutely no reason. <laughs> yeah, you could look past all that crap because you're just interested in the outfits and the vehicles and everything. Robots, yeah. And the robots. So I remember being super excited for the movie and seeing the movie and be like, yeah, that was pretty good, I guess. Like, that's what I wanted, I think. Like, they had the ninja costumes, too, so that's, like, another new thing. I can go get the toys of those. Yeah, throw ninjas oh, in the yeah. mix. And they cussed at one point? That was crazy. Wh- say what? They, they cussed? When? 
when uh the blue ranger is like yo fuck that no uh there's a there's a part <laughs> earlier uh, did, when d- doesn't uh that girl who is their friend on that island yeah yeah i know what you're talking about <laughs> this that's the most vague <laughs> the girl that's their about, friend though. uh does it d- doesn't she say hell oh, oh i <laughs> don't know if that, you know, yeah. maybe that's a big deal yeah, it was a big deal to me when I was <laughs> when I was a young lad. I was yeah. like, "Did they arrest her after the production?" Oh my gosh! You know, I wish that had uh, that had been on Netflix too. So I totally would have you know thrown that into the mix. But I only watched mm. the first episode. The rest was just kind of going off of memory. Um, I mean, I definitely have some nostalgia. There's certain things I like. I'm always a big Billy fan, even though it makes no sense to me that he's like really bad at karate, but then like pretty good when he's in his costume. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's the comic relief, I guess. Uh, well, yeah. To a certain extent. Kids are dumb. And that's probably why kids went for VR Troopers. Sean, you want to tell us a little bit about VR Troopers? Sure. So, um, VR Troopers has a two-part pilot, and... Um, did you guys watch both parts? Yeah. I did. Over a big space of time, which was a bad idea, but I did. <laughs> okay. Um, so the the series opens with this like really emotional monologue uh, d- delivered by Ryan Steele, who is played by the guy from Boyhood, right? That's yeah, that guy. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, he's like at this, I don't know, pagoda or something, talking about how, like, how much he misses his dad. Who's like, I guess, just disappeared. Um, but then he goes and hangs out at the gym and fights in a karate tournament, or uh, or maybe he's just like training for karate, something like that, uh, with his buddy JB, who is good at computer stuff, as we'll find out later. Um, and they join up with this other girl, Caitlin. Yeah. And now that we know the names, I don't have to ever say them again. Cause, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty clear that I have them memorized, and I'm not reading them from a list. Um, I don't know. Some sh- some shit goes down with this uh, this this executive guy who also can go into this to virtual reality, which in this case is just like another dimension. It's almost. I guess they want to invade our dimension from the virtual reality dimension. I think so. Um, and I guess he's our main villain. He's always hanging out with like pretty ladies who turn into just like robots or something. They're kind of like putties, but um, they have like capes. <laughs> the guy himself is doing like sort of like a Dennis Hopper impression. I mean, it's like kind of going for that vibe. And I say that because there's another character who's very clearly an impression. Um, but but we'll get into him later. Mm-hmm. Basically, the, the the three guys end up being called to meet with a uh, a mysterious man uh, who's communicating uh, from another dimension. A wise bald man who will lead them and give them powers. Uh, and, but in this case, it's just a, he's he's just a human who's in virtual reality. <laughs> For some reason, did they explain why he was? I don't in... think so. He's just there, right? He's stuck. In uh, 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 this is my favorite character because <laughs> this actor could not seem less interested in <laughs> everything he's doing. 
yeah in the theme song he's like everybody's doing action poses and he just kind of stands there <laughs> so he just got to stand it in his computer world <laughs> horatio hart i think his yeah. name was oh god what happens they they they're given the the virtual Okay, first he puts virtual reality helmets on them yeah. so he can show them how bad the virtual reality world is. <laughs> Basically. And, and they like freak out and it's super embarrassing. Um, yeah. But then he gives them the ability to transform into VR troopers. He gives them magic necklaces, if I recall, right? Uh, is that what they were? Yeah, well, you, everyone's got to have their morphing device. Yeah. They well, had like obviously. necklaces. Which has nothing to do... Like, this is a show that's about, like, tech and virtual reality. And they're like, well... I mean, they may have been, like, little, like, metal, like, triangles, but they just... I don't know. In my memory, they're, like, crystals. Yeah, it was weird. And basically, uh, the the professor tells him, like, look, the invasion is happening right now. Um, this, this guy is gonna... <laughs> he's gonna, like, knock down this old factory, which a bunch of people are protesting for whatever reason. It was, like, an old neighborhood to build a power plant. Or, wait, no, yeah. to build a... Or is it a... I can't remember what he's blowing up. Well, they, they're protesting. They're saying no nukes. No... Or, you know. So, I, I assume that there's nuclear activity of some sort. Okay, yeah. There's, there's a lot of agendas in this show. So, we can assume that... I believe his name is Zictor as a human, right? Something like that, which is already an absolutely ridiculous name. Well, compared to Grimlord, uh, but anyway, Zictor, like, I assume he's trying to destroy stuff so that it'll make his invasion easier when he's like brings his virtual reality buddies out. Like, he's trying to be a, like a bad guy as a human, so it's easier. I don't know. He's just bad all the time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like. That was a little confusing to me. And then I don't understand why he chose, like, this moment. Like, why did he wait till the VR troopers are a thing? Or did he... I can't remember if he knew that they were around or if it's just convenient. Like, did they just... Like, was it because he decided at this point that now I'm going to attack is why the VR troopers were needed at that point? Like, I don't remember how the events, the sequence of events... I think it must be that. Because from what I remember his first scene, he's just, like, telling his pretty lady slash putties basically uh like now is the time for us to take over this dimension yeah. and then he goes to hell and it's like crazy <laughs> but i was still not sure on why zikdor slash grimlord like why was this the time to finally attack because that because he blew up the like that neighborhood yeah that neighborhood. that's all yeah that's all that's Oh, you know what I love so much is he goes to hell and there's, he's talking to all the evil robots and virtual reality monsters and he's like, you know, let's all go, you know, destroy mankind. And what's cool is he actually sends out like a bunch of them, if I recall. But then like they attack like a forest, like at mountains, like they just start <laughs> shooting rockets at mountains and trees. Like there's no people here. Like what are, what are, you, what are they doing? <laughs> they just send them out to a big open field to blow shit up. <laughs> Uh, like, but this gives us our first fight, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. it does. Um, which is interesting because the girl and the other guy are, t- are teleported to fight, like, one group of bad guys. And then um, boyhood guy, he's sent somewhere else. And so the the two that are together win their fight. Um, but main character guy gets his ass kicked. And oh, the, yeah. that's what, actually where the episode ends is he's just, like, knocked down a cliff and he's just, like, lying there. 
passed out, which is pretty sweet. That's pretty bold, I think, for a kid show. Yeah. Although maybe they also started here. as an hour-long special. Uh, and then, then there's a second part, mm-hmm. and God, I'm drawing a blank. All I remember is a talking dog, so I don't know. How, what, what more important story do we have aside from fighting? So um, the two that, that had won the fight come and find the guy, and they rescue him, and they bring him back to the base. And uh, he gets his stuff repaired, and he's okay. Uh, because they, The professor even says, like, okay, well, it's like since we repaired your suit, you should also be fully healed, although you might be a little sore. Whatever. I guess that makes sense to someone somewhere. Um, but what we haven't told you guys yet is that they have a dog that's been with them on their adventures so far. Yeah. And it's at this point that our the dog friend decides to leap up on a machine <laughs> and turn it on. And it's, it's going to start, like, you hear it warming up like it's going to shoot him. And the professor's like... I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Everyone else is like, are we just going to let this happen? And they do. They let their dog get zapped. And what happens is the dog learns to speak like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. No kid knows who Jack Nicholson is. Well, I guess, no, he, they would because he was the Joker. I yeah. guess. Yeah, I don't know. Even if they don't know Jack Nicholson, they probably just think, oh, funny voice. Ah, I know this guy from Animaniacs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it seems like the only point of throwing that in there is that the show really didn't have anything funny about it. Well, you didn't like that guy who answered the phone with who, what, when, where, and then he oh, like shit, his... I forgot about that. <laughs> that guy no, was uh, thing, a delight. Guys, are these guys in high school, it doesn't <laughs> seem like it. it. seems like they're members of the press, and they're like working at the newspaper <laughs> or something. Um... Which I kind of like that you actually see them driving around and like going to work and going to the office and doing research at one point. Yeah, Although yeah. it's it's not great because basically they put a floppy disk in a computer and the professor shows up and <laughs> is able to like scan things somehow. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure are the, if they're like supposed to be high school age or if these guys are actually like just people in their twenties. I don't know. I mean, well, the girl has a job. I mean, the guys. I don't know what they. They're just, you know, they're karate masters. You could do that back in the 90s as a job. <laughs> you be karate like, master, I remember yeah. the beginning of that first episode, like, even though that crappy dojo, it's like, there's, like, guys in suits judging. Like, this is legit. Like, this is a big deal. You know what I also love is how Ryan Steele, um, his dad, like, did karate, but, like, also did, like, computer stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he did it all. Yeah. He's it's a renaissance insane. man. Okay, do we need to tie up this episode? Um, well, so the episode ends, because, you know, the invasion's still going on, because the, the guy got his ass kicked. So what happens is, again, they split up into, uh, Ryan goes off by himself, and the other two go on their own separate mission. So, like, oh, how, it's to the point where, like, is, is are these guys in the same show? Like, why can't they fight together? It must have something to do with the footage they have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's this interesting mix of... Um, Again, another pretty good action sequence for the for the two as they like go through this um, I don't know building where they have to set off a bomb to stop the invasion, um, and that's juxtaposed with the the other guy just mercilessly massacring everyone from above. You know, it's it's uh, this is a pretty politically charged series, but I mean, if this was made in the a the era of drone warfare, like 
parents would be talking about getting this show taken off because this guy is just sitting in his jet blowing up all the bad guys below on the ground. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty uh, gnarly. And his, his jet is just gigantic, too. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense how gigantic it is. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's that's kind of how it goes. They They set off a bomb and blow up a building and then also shoot a bunch of uh, helpless troops from the sky. And they call it a day. Okay, so that's... Is that enough plot, you think, for now, on that? I, I think so. <laughs> Alright, so... Then, then I guess that leads me to... Did you guys watch VR Troopers when it was on? No. When I was in uh, kindergarten, I had a VHS of VR Troopers, and I uh, I got in trouble on the playground for... Uh, yelling we are vr at a teacher <laughs> it was like an act of defiance <laughs> yeah I was, he was like you're not vr and i was like not I on am. my watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I i don't think i deserve that time out personally but um yeah so i i had the tape but it was not a hit i don't think i mean i get why they did it yeah power rangers is a huge hit but at the same time it's like the reason i wasn't i feel like i wasn't watching vr troopers is because like Power Rangers was still on. Like why mm. I like I didn't need a like a cheap imitation. Yeah. Not that like I mean by looking yeah. at it now, Power Rangers is such a cheap show too. But like uh, I don't know, VR Troopers was a little harder of a sell for me because it didn't have dinosaurs. The costumes were a little more complicated. And watching this as an adult, like everything about this show is a little more complicated. Like I couldn't even remember like half of what happened. I feel like <laughs> Sean, I I feel bad for making you explain the plot because I feel like there's like so much stuff going on and so many weird things. Like it's it's kind of like we we're talking about with Power Rangers, where like so much is explained in like one sentence, and then more is added on, and then more is added on. <laughs> yeah. It was harder for me to get into. Like Power Rangers, like it was bad, but like. It was fun too. Like VR Troopers, I didn't have as much fun. It was just like a weird novelty or something. I did respect that. You know, it had something to say. It, to me, it felt much more confidently put together than any of the episodes of Power Rangers I watched. <laughs> uh, it seemed like they had. I mean, they actually they opened with you know his monologue about I miss my dad and uh, you know I wish I could be better at living. And then it ends with like I've got a purpose now, and I'm I'm gonna find my dad again. It's like there's actually, a, you know, some thought put into the structure of of the story they're telling. Um, and you know, teaching kids to not trust your corporate overlords, and <laughs> exactly protect the environment. And I I fucking love how Marxist the show is. It's so great that the CEO is you know this horrible interdimensional being trying to take over the world. And like at one point, like when they're seeing the the no nukes uh, protesters, like the main characters of the show are like scoffing, like Ugh, just another place for this corporation to tear down. And I was like, fuck yeah, <laughs> like Fox Kids, <laughs> teach them young. <laughs> You know, maybe that was the problem. Maybe like it was too adult for kids. Like they're like, "Oh, this is too confusing." I like it when they like just people in color costumes. They fight a pig monster who likes to eat a lot. Like, are you telling me that kids don't love to see a guy whose henchman is uh, girls from the Robert Palmer Simply Irresistible <laughs> video? I think it was a little too adult for kids. Yeah, um, I mean, you guys bring up some pretty good points actually about an effort to to actually say something. Um, how do you feel about the integration of the Japanese footage with like the American footage as compared to Power Rangers? Is it worse? Is it the same? Is it better? It's similar to Power Rangers in that uh, they feel wholly separate 
from each other. Like, there's barely a connection between the two. <laughs> um, I feel like they, at least in the comparing the pilot episodes, um, they both have the same problem of, like. Well, and it, and maybe it's the only way you can you can address this anyway. Is that they they have like we're gonna do this stuff here, and then we're going to transform to superheroes and basically teleport somewhere else, mm-hmm. and that's why it doesn't look like any of the rest of what we've shown you. Yeah. Um, and this stuff looks like it's actually shot on film with people paying money to make it, uh, so that all the Japanese footage looks way better. Um, yeah, I guess it's pretty much the same. <laughs> I thought, for me, I thought it looked a little worse. I thought it looked even older. At least, hmm. I just watched Power Rangers, and for some reason, it's probably just me, but it looked so 80s, like the footage, and I actually thought I read somewhere, I may be mistaken, that Veer Troopers took from, like, two shows to uh. integrate its footage. Like, maybe, maybe the, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Maybe the Grimlord stuff was not actually in the VR Troopers show. Hmm. I don't know. Or maybe it was just two different seasons of VR Troopers to make one season of VR Troopers. I don't think any of these shows are ever going to have like a smooth, <laughs> like cohesive uh, look in that regard. But hey, man, we haven't gotten to Beetleborgs yet. <laughs> yeah, Beetleborgs. All right. Yeah, no, I, I nothing to say. Um, but I don't, I don't regret not watching VR Troopers. But it was kind of interesting checking it out now. Um, I do have the video game though for Sega Genesis, and I, uh, I put that on every now and then. Except yeah. in the in the VR Troopers video game, it's a fighting game. You can only play as the VR Troopers, and I hate that. <laughs> Except I found a way to like beat like if you just play it on like easy mode and you go into the left hand corner and just duck and press punch, you can beat the whole game and never get hurt. So, <laughs> little tip for everyone if you want to beat the VR Troopers video game. Uh, I love games like that. Oh, it's got great in between cutscenes too with that board guy. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's like uh. a weird cutscene with the dog. Uh, I'd recommend checking that out. So now let's flash ahead. Um, I don't know how many more years. It seems like a, like a lot more in my mind, but maybe not. To uh, Big Bad Beetleborg. Three typical average kids inside a haunted mansion. Ooh. Just by chance, free to ghost to Nathan Beetleborg. <laughs> Big Bad Beetleborg. Basically, these uh, typical average kids, as they are described, uh, their names are uh, Joe, Drew, and Roland. Uh, They go to this uh, haunted (laughs) mansion where uh, these uh, spirits live, and they bump into uh, an organ, and they release a guy named Flabber, who's a friendly ghost, and he he, uh, gives them a wish grants them one wish and they want to be like their comic book uh idols the big bad beetleborgs and so uh, like all these wishes in fictional contexts it has huge consequences and their villains from the comic books also come to life so they have, they have to take up the mantle of the big bad beetleborgs and fight their arch enemies and they have superpowers now outside of being beetleborgs yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. One of the kids has telepathy, one has super strength, and one has super speed. Which is cool. Now, this one is interesting because I feel like is it's the most childlike out of the three. I mean, they're literally, like, the kids, they're really small little kids, you know, and they become these, like, full-size adults. So that is weird right off the bat. And just so much about this show feels, like, so much more immature than the other shows. Like, and I'll start with... Hmm. And I'll start with Flabber. Like, 
now flabber I, I don't even know like I, I feel like it's they're trying to appeal to like people who liked the genie in aladdin he's also <laughs> kind of uh jim carrey-esque and and then he looks like jay leno <laughs> like the fact that that's the source of their powers and he's i guess he's supposed to be funny but like i don't really understand that character or his appeal uh what did you sean what did you think of flabber i was okay i spent a good chunk of time trying to decide if they were going for elvis or jay leno uh, and it turns out it was both. They were going for both. And you're right. He's the comic relief. And he's got, like, the backup singers, you know. So he's, like, supposed to be a fun, you know, a change of pace from the show, which had been, you know, creepy, I, I guess, so far. I mean, we didn't talk about the, the um, there are these other kids who are super nerds, but they're also, like, bullies. Um, but they're rich. Yeah, they're rich. And they bet the three... Uh, main kids that they they could last longer in this haunted house and they've been being chased around the house by a mummy and then like a Frankenstein a vampire and a vampire and then they release Flabber yeah I guess it's I guess the genie is a pretty appropriate comparison for what they're going for uh, but it's mercilessly unfunny if you have like, heard jokes before and uh, it goes on for a long time I feel like they eat up the last like five minutes with flabber riffing I feel like they spend two days in that haunted mansion <laughs> just kind of hanging out with flabber yeah. or being chased by these monsters what I also don't understand what I'd like to know I probably should have watched more episodes was like in my memory of the show the monsters and flabber like they all hung out like they're a big goofy family but like, the monsters, I mean, for the most part, I guess they started out this episode being kind of, like, mean. Like, they were, like, because they're monsters, they're adversaries. But, and it didn't seem like they knew Flabber. Like, Flabber is just trapped in Oregon, but they've never unleashed him. I don't know, it was just weird. Like, the monsters didn't, like, make any sense to me, like, from a, pl- like, plotting standpoint. I guess just they needed more humor or just more stuff to happen. And I wonder, like, what does the Japanese version of this show look like? Because one thing is... This show, I think, does the best job of combining footage because it looks like they shot a bunch of stuff. Like, I don't even know. But, like, I, I wonder if the monsters is something, like, they added or if that's in the Japanese show. So I guess I can at least admire the fact that this show seems like it's trying to, like, create something unique from what it may have been. I don't know if you guys, like, read up on Beetleborgs, like, the Japanese version at all. Like, I was really confused, like, what was taken from the Japanese show and what... And what wasn't? I remember one particular instance that really made that you know, like confusion like even more intense was there's that scene in the haunted house where they approach the mummy and he ripped he takes off all his bandages and then becomes like a skeleton in a cloak and that his design looked very much like a Japanese like monster like it, it didn't like it didn't look like something to me that would be like an American creation so, but the, yet these American kids are interacting with it. Like, I have no idea, like, what they're going for or what's being taken. Well, I heard on the Power Rangers, uh, this is, again, from the forums, uh, <laughs> that, that, like, they were able to get some of the costumes uh, for, like, in one of the later seasons, Rito Repulsa, which is Rita's brother. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a big skeleton costume, and that's actually, like, the Japanese costume, but they, they can now use it, and so it's... Um, 
part of it's stock footage, but part of it's the actual costume that's now in, you know, America, and they film the new scene. So, I don't know. Maybe there's something similar. Maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe they had all the monsters on that show or something, and they're just using a bunch of the costumes. I, I, I doubt the Japanese version had a flabber. Yeah. I'm going to assume that's an American creation. It's, uh, I'm really thrown because the the second episode it does end with them fighting in the mansion. And I yeah. don't know how they could do that without having just gotten all those costumes and filmed it new. Yeah. But if you're filming the fight scenes, like, what's the point of this whole charade you're doing? <laughs> if you're going to that level of trouble, just make your own show. Yeah. And, and at this point, I think Saban had the money, <laughs> right? Like, they could conceivably do something on their own, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were just taking a bunch of costumes they maybe they I, I it says on the wikipedia that it did use some footage but maybe they only used it sparingly mm. here and there and they did try to make their own show but they're just it was really bad <laughs> i don't know what do you guys think of the characters like as kids like do you think you could relate to these guys <laughs> uh no but or i mean like as a kid watching the show I guess. <laughs> Just like, I, I, mean, I don't adult. know, like as a kid, I, I, I liked that they read comic books and that it was wish fulfillment for them. Like, I, I don't know. I thought it was like the... Power Rangers were teenagers. Like, mm. I, I looked at them and I was like, oh, I mean, these are the kids that scare me. <laughs> like when, These are the tall kids that yeah. I see at the mall sometimes. Like that, that's like maybe uh, I I can uh, foresee one day being a, a dude who would go to a juice bar and wears red, uh-huh. but no, for now <laughs> I just read comic books and wish to be superheroes. So Big Bad Beetleborgs was, you know, that that was my experience up there. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I definitely thought, oh, that was so neat. Yeah, these kids are cool. But then watching it as an adult, like these are the like most annoying kids. <laughs> like really I think it particularly comes through when they ever they're in a fight scene. Mm. They always like when a fight like battle starts, they always begin by taunting. It's always like, oh, can't catch me, can't catch me, and they like oh, they're like twirling someone on their finger and saying like something really stupid. It's like it never stops joking, not for one second. Mm. Like the tone is always yeah. just really like immature. And that translates over to the villains, too. Like, they're not even remotely, like, serious. Yeah, I have to believe that, like, Saban must have gotten some notes or, or, or I don't know, maybe they just really wanted to make something that uh, skewed younger. Uh, maybe Power Rangers was getting uh, too, too action-heavy or something. Maybe they wanted uh, something that parents wouldn't complain about. Because I know Power Rangers, had, there was controversy about the violence on the show. Maybe they were uh-huh. this was kind of their attempt at something a little more... Uh, I don't know, childlike. God, those villains are just so broad, though. You have the the weird woman who she can't open her mouth because it's a mask, but she even like says that she like brings attention to the fact that she can't, which I found was weird. And she has like this Russian accent. Yeah. And then you have that monster; his head opens, and he talks in a very ridiculous voice. And then basically their leader Vexer something Vexer I don't know he yeah, talks like Vexer. Boris Karloff like every single character is doing like some kind of yeah. impersonation or something yeah and yeah. I don't know it was, it was pretty annoying after a while like I can't imagine watching like a bunch of episodes of this like in a row I couldn't watch two in a row <laughs> <laughs> I could barely watch one honestly 
Um, but what about like conceptually though? Like the idea of like kids getting like powers from comic books and then getting those powers. Like, is that at least like a good idea? It's cute. Maybe if they had stopped there. Yeah, yeah. You got, like if you ever listen to the the Beetleborgs theme song, it is the most overwhelming thing you can experience i think because <laughs> it's like there were three kids and they released a demon in a haunted house and then they got a wish and then they got magic powers and they turned them into beetleborgs and then they do the chorus and it's like now that they're beetleborgs they gotta fight their enemies and when the enemies are out then they have the magical tanks and stuff that they can use and when the enemies are losing and then they transform out of their outfits and they have magical powers and they're beetleborgs it's like what the fuck am i listening to jesus christ <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like an out-of-breath five-year-old on the playground trying to explain to his parents what it is. God, that's so much. <laughs> it's just so much. Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I didn't even, like, realize. It, it definitely has the most, like, uh, little pieces thrown in there. Like, VR Troopers, in the kitchen. VR Troopers had virtual reality, but also there's it's martial arts, but also it's a talking dog and, and, and you know, uh, weird metaphors for corporate America. And, and, and then this one, it's the Haunted Mansion. Like, that could be a show on its own, right? Like, like kids mm-hmm. that can, and then, I don't know. Like, they get, you know, you could just have, their, have the psychic, the speed, and the, the strength power, and you got a show there. I think it, honestly, I think it's just they're trying to make something as uh, I think the industry term is toynetic or something, where <laughs> where it, yeah the mo- like Joel Schumacher in the Batman and Robin commentary, which I have watched for some reason, uh, he he says that uh, a lot of the scenes in the movie like the Batman and Robin having ice skates in their shoes, like they went through the script and tried to make it as toynetic as possible. So there's the, the most opportunity for action figures and play sets and all that and i think that's basically you know they they had a focus group there's like a brainstorming session it was like okay could this be a toy could this be a toy like so there's you know there's monsters in a haunted house and there's also you know beetle robots and the kids have superpowers too you know and on i guess the additional powers just because it can't be boring for five seconds it's got to be just non-stop yeah like hilarity action all that colors yeah. shapes everything's flying at you all at once <laughs> but yeah it's it was it, i agree it was just super overwhelming um i don't i don't imagine anyone watched any other episodes of beetleborgs <laughs> <laughs> i watched the theme song multiple times there you go i like the theme song yeah. you had to take notes on what it was right you had to okay, write this down <laughs> so i guess that can bring us to the point where we kind of compare these shows um I guess I'll just start by saying, I mean, I, I feel like it's pretty clear that I, I, we probably all dislike Beetleborgs the most. Yes. Fair. Because, I mean, it's the most childlike. It's way too much being thrown thrown at you. And I feel like it was a little late to the party. Like, it was kind of later 90s. The show flowed a little better in terms of, like, when they're in their costumes and when they're fighting and when they're doing stuff. But it's funny that even though that works, like, it's still the worst of the three shows. Like, it doesn't really matter that those other shows, like, logically don't always make the most sense. I don't know. They're not, they're not treating you like a dumb little kid all the time. They're trying to be cool. Well, and if, if you – I mean, if, if the entertainment value is you want to watch the fights, then the, the fight in Beetleborgs is terrible. They just kind of knock them around the room yeah. half-heartedly. Uh, and, and then if, if, if it's the super – power side of it then what they get is they knock over a lamp and use telekinesis to pull it back up (laughs) 
It's very clownish. Mm. So when it comes to like Power Rangers and VR Troopers, I mean, who's, who comes out on top? I'm going to start with you, Michael. Which, which one did you prefer? I mean, of those two episodes, which is, you know, a pretty brief sample, considering Power Rangers has like a thousand episodes in that season alone. Um, I, I would still say that uh, VR Troopers just comes together a, a little bit better. I mean, it's still, I, I mean, but between the two of them, they share a lot of the same weaknesses, which is uh, terrible dialogue and, and wooden acting and the stock footage just not being integrated, broad humor, you know, all these things are kind of the same. But I feel like with VR Troopers, it, it just kind of, maybe it's because it's a two-parter, but I, I feel like I was less bombarded with <laughs> with just information. Because Power Rangers, I, I guess I had forgotten, but the it, it, just like in the first minute, it's, you know, Space Dumpster, and then, it, it, I don't know, it's, it's just so, so much. But I, on, the, on the flip side, though, I will say that Power Rangers is so open, it's just so ridiculous that it, it is kind of, uh, it's more entertaining in a way, whereas VR Troopers, there's stretches of just a guy in an office kind of being mean. I don't know. It's a, it's a draw in some ways, but like as as far as like competence goes, VR troopers. And Sean, which way do you lean? I would definitely agree with Michael on that point. Uh, if if it's a question of which is the more competent, um, and just overall well put together show, I'd say VR troopers. Uh, but if if what you're really interested in is the uh, you know seeing this Japanese footage, seeing the the martial arts action, um, and also the the robot stuff, I feel like. Power Rangers is much more. I mean, maybe they just have a better show to, to draw from, but uh, mm. you know they've got uh, some some pretty sweet fights, uh, at least by Saturday morning cartoon standards. Um, uh, the the blow the uh, you know running through corridors and shooting guns that you see in VR Troopers and the tomfoolery that you see in Beelborgs just right out of the water. Um, and also Power Rangers has by far the best music out of. Uh, these three series. I mean, they're all, got... I thought, pretty good, though. I actually thought they're all pretty fun. I don't know, it's just me. I mean, they're all they're all funny. <laughs> like, V, <laughs> R. Like, that That was an anthem for me. I yelled it at Reese's. And, I don't know, Beetleborgs is... is <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, if, I mean, if I had to pick... Uh, you know, I probably... this Maybe this is just nostalgia. I probably would lean towards more, more towards Power Rangers... Even though I think I agree that VR Troopers is probably a better put-together show, Power Rangers is just, like, it's one of those, it's so bad, it's so, like, good. Like, yeah. it, it's just, like, it's so of its era. I don't know. There's just, there's something about it that really is fun to me. And I and I feel like it's, because it's a little more simple than VR Troopers, um, I can enjoy it a little easier. I don't have to, I feel like had I kept watching it, maybe I wouldn't have had to keep paying as much attention because you do have to, like we were saying, you have to pay attention to these shows. There's a lot of plot that gets condensed into little bits. Mm. But Power Rangers, I think, was the easiest for me to digest. I mean, it was probably because I was already so familiar with it. Had I never heard of it, I probably would have been like, I have no idea what's going on. But because I was familiar with it, it kind of just, it, I sunk right back into it. So it was easy for me to enjoy. Uh, so I'd, I'd go with Power Rangers myself. Um, but, you know, these three shows, these weren't the only uh, tokusatsu shows on. There's a few others. I remember there's The Masked Rider. Do you remember that one, Sean? I remember you had a toy of it. I have a toy of him, and uh, he does cross over with the Power Rangers. 
at some point. That's right. Is is that on a Power Rangers episode or on a Masked oh, Rider episode? That's a Power Rangers episode. Oh, did you check that one out? I did not. That's like second or third season. So, you know, oh, it's a deep, it's a deep cut. I don't remember much about that show, but I, I remember he being like a space prince with a cuddly alien. I know that much. And the his he has a talking motorcycle that's played by Skull. Really? The, yeah. The, I, I've gone so far down the rabbit hole, you guys, with the re- research into this stuff. You know, I, I was I was kind of disappointed that one wasn't on Netflix actually, because I always felt like as a kid, like that's the cool one you just don't get to see that often. Because that one seemed less kitty to me. Yeah. Even though I'm, it had that stupid like little ET type furry alien, so I'm sure it was, that was pretty painful. Furbus. Yeah. I also remember being a big fan of uh, on like on like weekday mornings, uh, Superhuman Cyber Samurai Squad. And that, um, I've never which, heard it said like that before. I don't know the order it goes it's in. Supposed to be Superhuman <laughs> Samurai. Um, I think that was like Ultraman footage, is what it kind of looked like, but. I mean, I didn't do the research. I just remember liking it because it had cool robots. It had Tim Curry. It did have Tim Curry, didn't it? How did that happen? Well, you know, I think it, that was the one that was kind of like taking the piss out of it, right? Like it, it was supposed to be, a, you know, that was like the tongue-in-cheek one. I don't know. I'd have to, I haven't seen it in years. I mean, so. it's called Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Like, there's All gotta, with S's. Yeah, there's got to be some self-awareness, right? I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to check it out. I had some of the toys zone. They're pretty good. Uh, that was another show that had the strange fascination with like the internet or like a virtual reality world. I love that Computers. early nineties kind of idea of the internet being this magical place. Yeah. Like where people didn't understand it. Like that's a, definitely a charm in a lot of these shows. Um, I don't know if there's any other prominent shows. I mean, there's definitely been like so many power Rangers, uh, you know, different series, I stopped watching after Turbo because, you know, I'm I'm getting too old at that point. <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess people still like it. It's still going. It's got the appeal, you know, enough appeal to where they're thinking of doing a movie. Mm. Uh, so that must mean something. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Just getting a little distortion. Sean, do you have the randomizer on hand? I do. Uh, just hold on. Can I ask you guys straight up, would you recommend anyone who is an adult go back and watch these shows? Or is this better off left to nostalgia? I think if you're curious, I'd say watch Power Rangers at least. I think you'll get a kick out of that. I just think it was the most fun. <laughs> I mean, just as, like, pieces of work, <laughs> I, I can't say that these are good shows, but, yeah, like, I, I don't feel like this was time wasted. Like, I, I, I did kind of enjoy just the feeling of <laughs> of watching this very bizarre thing that turned out to be so successful. So, it is, just for curiosity's sake, I would actually say, you know, it's on Netflix. Check it out. There you have it. All right, uh, and this comes to the portion of the show where we use the Netflix randomizer, which is a kind of like an app that we use on the site AllFlix that just kind of randomly generates uh, Netflix titles, and we can kind of play with the options. What we usually always do is set it to movie, and then whatever comes up comes up. Um, Sean, I thought I could give you the honors of uh, 
of clicking it. We're gonna we're gonna click it three times, and we're gonna kind of weigh our options. And then next week we'll we'll come back with a review of one of them. Do you have the uh, the site available? All right. Uh, here I go. All right, number one. Number one is I Am Love, the uh, 2009 Tilda Swinton movie. Oh, okay. Hmm. Do you want to give us the plot there? Sure. Family dissension, unbidden desire, and other tensions bubble to the surface during a patriarch's birthday party. When the seemingly picture-perfect Rachie clan gathers to celebrate the man, the veneer of civility quickly falls away. So a good overlap with the Power Rangers audience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I remember hearing about that movie, and I feel like I almost sat down and watched it on Netflix once, but I can't remember why I didn't. So maybe this could be the uh, the chance to to check it out. I am intrigued. All right, I think you can go ahead and click it again. Okay. We have the 1955 movie Top of the World. Okay. Directed by Lewis Foster, starring Dale Robertson, Evelyn Keys, Frank Lovejoy. <laughs> no, no, nothing so far. <laughs> okay. Older and wiser. Air Force Major Lee Gannon is working on Operation Deep Freeze at his new base assignment in Alaska. But his focus is broken when he learns his ex-wife, Virgie, is in Alaska as well, running a nightclub. Complicating matters is Virgie's upcoming, upcoming nuptials to none other than Gannon's commanding officer, Major Brad Cantrell. Okay, um, I can't even find a Wikipedia for this. I, I can see that it has yeah. an IMDb, but it doesn't have a picture. Yeah, yeah. You guys have got to see the poster. It includes what appears to be a dude who's like shot a harpoon gun into an airplane <laughs> and is being pulled by it. <laughs> uh, okay, looking at it now. Oh my god. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this makes it look good. It indeed has a guy shooting a harpoon at a plane that seems like it's in the background. Yeah. Um, and these Eskimo people are just kind of hanging around, and there's just some smiling cops on the bottom. This is, uh, just out of curiosity, how long is this movie? This is 91 minutes. 91 minutes. Okay. It is a drama. Okay. Um, could be fun. I've yeah. certainly never heard of it. I'm interested. All right, um, let's let's get our third option in there. All right, once more with feeling. It is Crossworlds, the 1996 movie directed by Krishna Rao, starring Rutger Hauer, <laughs> Josh Charles, Stuart Wilson, Andrea Roth, Perry Anzalotti, Jack Black, and Richard McGregor. Oh. Oh, oh. Unbeknownst to Joe... He holds the secret to interdimensional travel in the form of a pendant left by his father. But when a beautiful resistance fighter turns up in Joe's dorm one night, he's drawn into a battle to save Earth. Okay. Wow. God, you know, I'm always tempted by something that looks like a ridiculous pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, maybe maybe it turns out Crossroads is actually like this like untapped like treasure of a film that just no one saw, but... It's got a solid 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> it has Jack Black, which blows my mind. Probably a minor role, but I mean... Yeah, but still, like... Yeah. 
It's got Josh Charles, who I like on The Good Wife. It's got Rutger Hauer, who's probably the greatest living actor. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, that, that one excites me. I don't know. So, I mean, we'll sleep on it. We usually give it some time before we uh, come to a final decision. But as f- uh, for now, uh, that was our... Uh, I in-depth maybe review of uh, these tokusatsu shows or at least the best we could do on with the with the time we had uh sean thanks for uh for tagging along i uh, i appreciate it my pleasure and uh, uh something that i wanted to bring up too is like i forgot to mention that power rangers is like how we first became friends if you remember that story like we were both wearing, I think, or at least I was wearing Power Rangers uh, shirt. This is kindergarten, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Hey, let's play like Power Rangers." So there you go, Power Rangers, twenty-year friendship. Like, so it so it's, it's important. You know, it's a good thing that we we talked about it. Um, but that's I think that's uh, <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there. Like, <laughs> I totally forgot to throw it in earlier. Uh. Yeah, check in next week. We'll review our next show. You can find us on iTunes and on Mildly Pleased. And uh, I think we have a Tumblr. Any, Michael? Any <laughs> updates? Uh, we have a Tumblr, and I'm going to make a post tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so expect a post on that Tumblr at some point soon. Yeah. Do you have a, a URL for said Tumblr? You know what? I think we do. Um, let me see what that is. It's a streampolice.tumblr.com. There you have it. Check it out. And we'll see you next week. Bye.